So, it's fallen upon me to kind of pull the service all together this morning, to round it up, and to explain what we've been looking at this morning, why all these flowers and flowers and stories about seeds and things like that. And normally Ian would do this, but as you know, Ian's not been very well, but it's really great to see you this morning. I'm really, really pleased to, to see you back and starting to uh, recover as you are. And Ian would normally speak, but um, I'm going to do it this morning. And, um, you know, Jesus told this story about a farmer who goes out and sows seeds, and they all fall in different places. And because they fall in different places, some of them don't grow particularly well, but one type of seed grows very well, the one that falls where the ground is really good, like some of your crests that I'm looking around at now. Do you know what? That story about that Jesus told is happening right now. And the reason it's happening right now is because I'm about to tell you some of the things about Jesus. And when I'm telling you these things about Jesus, they're going to fall in different places in your lives. And you're going to respond potentially in different ways. This morning, I'm going to do a little bit of sewing. Not of the, this kind, you know, with a needle and thread. I'm going to cut, I want to sew some truth into your lives for you to think about. Now, there's three, I'm going to speak about three different truths. I'm going to come, I want to sow three truths into your lives this morning and get you to think about them. The first truth I want to share with you is really, really simple. Really simple, yet it's so profound as well. And it's this. Sorry, I haven't got the clicker. Uh, truth number one. This is a truth I want to sow into your lives this morning, that God loves you. God loves every single one of you. If I was to ask here, is there anyone here who doesn't want to be loved, I'd be very surprised if I saw any hands go up. Two weeks ago, Katie reminded us last Sunday when we were in church, Wednesday before last was Valentine's. And I got a card from my wife, and it only said two words on it, but they were the two most lovely words. One was love. And Florence, can you tell me what that second word says? Can you read that? Always. Always. Love, always. And that made me feel so special. Sally loves me always. That's wonderful, isn't it? And you know what? God loves you always. Now, I promised I was going to sow some truth. And so to illustrate the fact that we're going to talk about love for just a few minutes is I want to sow some love hearts into your lives. All right, where's my helpers? Tracy, would you make sure all the girls get one of those? Might need another one. Vicky, perhaps you could help as well. And where's Barbara? She's disappeared. Oh, oh Janine's going to do it. One for each of the boys. And if we run out, I've got a few more. And uh, don't worry, the rest of you, you're not going to get left out. They're coming. Um, John, could you help us out? And let, let me spread a bit of love this morning. Who would like some love hearts? You look like you need some love hearts. There you go. Love hearts. I'm going to give big packets out as well. Share them around. Come on. Let's share some love. I don't share. 
You do. <laughs> Share them out. Have some love. Have some love. Let me sow some love into your lives this morning. Anyone along the back want some love? There we go, Alan. Share those out. Alan, you've done a great job this morning. Well done. Love hearts, sir. Share them out. Share the love. Share the love. You need a big packet, Ian. Can you suck on those? You'll be all right? Oh, okay. Here's some love. Have some love. Graham, share those out. Andy, how are we doing? I think we've just, we've done all right, actually. Oliver, Callum. Okay, so listen in, listen in. On those sweets are little messages. There'll be little messages that say, I love you. There'll be little messages that say, smile. There'll be all sorts of things. Do you know, do you know, there were more, there have been more songs, more pop songs written about love than any other theme or topic at all. Love is so, so important, isn't it? Let me give you some examples. I've tried to spread, go through the eras a little bit. So for the first couple, some of you ones down the front will be looking at me as if to say, who on earth are you talking about? Who remembers the Supreme singing, stop in the name of? Love. Beautiful. Beatles, all you need is? Love. Bee Gees, how deep is your? Love. Whitney Houston, saying, I will always? Cheryl Cole, she sang Fight for This. McFly sang Love is on the Radio. And Justin Bieber, what song am I thinking? The answer's Love Yourself. Do you know what? If you were to put together all the love encapsulated in those songs and all the love in those love hearts and those messages that you've got in front of you, and all the love that Sally could give me in every Valentine card she's ever going to give me for the rest of my life, you will only scratch the surface of the love that God has for you. God loves you deeply. God loves you immensely. That is the truth. There's a couple of verses in the Bible that help us to understand this. The first it comes to the most famous verse in the Bible. And it says, God so loved the world. He loves the world that he has created. And another part of the Bible says, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of God. There's truth number one for you, sown into your lives this morning. Truth number two, Jesus proves God's love. Now, I'm going to need a couple of helpers this morning. Um, okay, Zach and um, oops. William, Zach and William, come and help me. Okay, I want to show to you, and some of you will have seen this before, I want to show to you how Jesus loves us. Do you know what? The most important people we think are in our lives are ourselves. So often we are 
self-important. We think about me. We think about I. We think about being number one and looking after ourselves. And we don't want to think about God. He's not important to us. But God created us and loves us and wants us to be in a special relationship with him. Now, I want you to imagine that these two pieces of rope are our life, okay? Now, Zach, would you just hold that for me, just nice and straight, okay? Just lift it a bit higher for me. Thank you very much. Now, this is where you two come in, okay? Because I want you, if you will... So hold, turn around this way for me, just let it go. William, you hold those two. Zach, you come and hold these two. Okay, hold it nice and tight for me. Okay, so this is our life. And we think very often that we're the most important. And life is all about me and what I can get out of it. And it spoils, all the things that we do spoil our relationship with God. Okay, don't worry if that falls, it's absolutely fine. Just keep it nice and tight. Now... I've got a few, a few coloured flags I'd like just to tie onto the ropes. And they all represent something. Now, some of the things we do in our lives that upset God. Who can think what red might stand for? Young man, yeah. Have a go. Go on. A battle? Yeah, when we get angry. Yeah, it's like when we, we might get angry with somebody. Okay, so red represents anger. And I would imagine that every single one of us at some point has got angry in our lives. Um, yellow. Yellow, we, we tend to think yellow represents something like being, being cowardly. We don't want to take the blame for something. The blame belongs on someone else. We give the blame to, to someone else. It wasn't me, I didn't do it. So yellow is being cowardly and blaming others. Who's ever wanted stuff that someone else has got? Anyone want to be brave enough? I look at some people and think, oh, I'd love to have that car or that house. And we get green with envy. Green with envy. Sometimes we get a bit moody, get a bit blue. We can't have things our way. And white. White represents what we call self-righteousness. I'm right and everybody else is wrong. Now... Do you think that this is just a problem for us here today? Or do you think other people have the, do these things as well? What about people in other countries? Do you think other people get angry in other countries? Yeah, too right they do. Now, I've got every flag of the world, but I've got a few, all right? So that's going to represent the world. Because you know what? The next part of that verse we were looking at that starts off, God so loved, continues with the words... The world. God so loved the world. And because God loved us so much, he proved it by sending Jesus to die for us. 
And we have a cross in our church because it represents that Jesus died on a cross for all this stuff and lots of other stuff that we've done wrong. So I'm going to move these things up to the cross because this is where Jesus took all the stuff we've ever done so that we could get rid of it. Now, boys, I want you to do something for me, okay? I want you to put, take a rope in each hand, all right? One in each hand. Now, I want you to choose to drop either one of the ropes, either one you like. doesn't matter which one. Drop one of the ropes now. Okay. Do you want to change your mind? Okay. Let's hope this works then. Right. And Jesus takes all the stuff that we've ever done and he takes it on the cross. Now, at this point, I need you to pull a little bit tighter. All right, nice and tight. Okay, no, oh, loosen it a little bit. Just loosen it a little bit. So I'll never get me cross out. Right, let's, let's uh, just loosen, just let this one go a bit. That's it. Lovely, you can pick it up again now, William. Pick it up, that's it. Okay, right, pull tight a little bit, bit tighter. Right, ready? Ready? Now watch what happens. Pull, keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling, keep pulling. Now, the flags haven't magically undone themselves. They're still tied. Because do you know what? When Jesus was on that cross, he broke everything free in our lives. Everything that we'd ever done wrong. Okay, boys, you can sit down. You drop that on the floor and go sit down. Thank you very much. That was brilliant. (laughs) Jesus on the cross took all that stuff we've ever done wrong and he broke through it. And so that we could be forgiven and that we could have our lives free again, free of all that stuff that we'd ever done wrong. We could have it forgiven and we could have our relationship with God back how it should have been in the first place. We've got a couple of verses. Or it might just be one, actually. Let's have a look. So Jesus proves God's love by dying on the cross for us. God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, when we'd done stuff wrong, is what that means, Christ died for us. So God proves, Jesus proves God's love for us. Truth number three that I want to sow into your lives this morning is this. God promises you the best life through Jesus. And the way I want to illustrate this to you is I want to read you a story. And it's a story some of you may have heard before. And it's called The Auctioneer. There was a wealthy man and his son. And they loved collecting rare works of art. They had everything in their collection. They had Rembrandts. They had Picassos. And they'd often sit together and admire the great works of art. One day the son had to go off to war. He was very courageous, and he died in battle while he was rescuing another soldier. The father was notified, and and he grieved deeply for his son. About a month later, there was a knock on the father's door, and a young man stood there with a parcel. Sir, the young man said, you don't know me, but I'm the soldier for whom your son gave his life. He saved a lot of lives that day. 
and he was carrying me to safety when a bullet struck him and he died. He often talked about you and your love for art. The young man held out the parcel. This is not much, he said, and I'm not really a great artist, but I think your son would have wanted you to have this. The father opened the parcel, and it was a portrait of his son, painted by that young man. He stared in awe at the way the soldier had captured the personality of his son in the painting. The father was so drawn to the eyes that his own eyes welled up with tears. He thanked the young man and offered to pay him for the picture. Oh no, sir, I could never repay what your son did for me. It's a gift. The father hung the portrait in his house and visitors would come and admire admire the portrait of his son and then he would show them the other pictures in his collection. A few months later, the father died and there was going to be a great auction of all the paintings that 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 he owned. Lots of very important people gathered in his house, excited to see the great paintings and have an opportunity to buy one for their collection. And on the platform sat the painting of the sun. The auctioneer began the proceedings. We'll start the bidding with this picture of the sun. Who bid for this picture? Silence. And then a voice at the back of the room shouted, we want to see the famous paintings. We want to see the Rembrandts and the Picassos. That's all we're interested in. But the auctioneer persisted. Will someone bid for this painting of the sun? Who will start the bidding? £100? £200? Another voice shouted angrily, We didn't come to see this painting. We came for the most important ones. Come on, get on with the real bids. But still the auctioneer continued, Who will take the sun? And finally a voice came from the back of the room. It was the long-time gardener of the man and his son. I'll give you £10 for the painting. Being a poor man, it was all that he could afford. Well, I've got £10, said the auctioneer. £20, anyone? All the other people in the room said, for goodness sake, just give it to him for £10. Let's get on with the others. £10 is the bid. £20, anyone? The crowd became increasingly angry. They didn't want the picture of the sun. They wanted the more worthy investments for their collections. The auctioneer brought down his gavel. That's the name of the hammer that they bang on the thing. Good good word for a crossword clue. Going once, going twice, bang, sold for £10. A man sitting on the second row sat up. Well, at least we can get on with the collection now. Where's the other paintings? The auctioneer laid down his gavel. I'm sorry, the auction's over. Well, what about the other paintings, said the, said the crowd. I'm sorry, said the auctioneer. When I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal that until now. Only the painting of the sun would get auctioned. You see, whoever bought that painting would inherit the entire estate, including the paintings. The man who took the sun gets everything.